This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey all you cats and kittens, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Thanks for coming back to the show. Thanks for tuning in, subscribing. Of course, click here, subscribe. Do it on iTunes and Spotify as well. Uh, but the video is where it's at. You get clips. And uh, and like our last episode, the ALN Spoil the Beans movie review show of the Disney classic Jack. You get to uh, see us have a good time instead of just listen to it like a pervert. Today's episode is a banger. Excuse my voice. I think I'm losing it, or maybe I've got monkeypox. Either way, I'm fired up. It's Joe Gatto from the Impractical Jokers from Misery Index, and now stand-up comedian Joe Gatto. Out there, crushing it, making people laugh. Um, new favorite dude, new favorite episode. You're going to love it. Enjoy the fuck out of it. Follow Joe on Instagram and Twitter at, I think, just Joe Gatto? Let's find out here. At... At Joe underscore Gatto. Those Italians. Always up to nothing. And everything when it comes to uh, Instagram handles. I'm on the road a ton. You know that. 2023 is filling up hot. Uh, Baltimore, you were a blast. Thanks for coming out. Magoobies, thanks for uh, for giggling with us. Uh, man, it doesn't stop. Batavia, Illinois, Comedy Vault, February 16th through the 18th. Punchline, San Francisco, March 1st through the 4th. Uh, Oxnard, Levity Live, March 9th through the 11th. Fort Worth, Texas, March 31st and April 1st. Uh, and then I'm hitting some shows with the Impractical Jokers. Sans Joe, but they're still rocking and rolling. Portland and Seattle on the uh, 7th and 8th of April. And then uh, a shit ton more shows after that. AdamRayComedy.com for all that information. Young Rock, every Friday on NBC. Tune in. Chippendales. Welcome to Chippendales on Hulu. And, um, and I think that's it for now. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're having a great weekend. Enjoy the episode. Hey, it's Herbert. Mm-hmm. And you're listening to the About Last Night podcast, you slippery little son of a bitch. Guys, welcome back to the show. Man, it's not every day you get uh, you get this guy. I got look when when you meet people uh, for the first time, you go, "Man, I hope I make the right impression." And sometimes you overshoot and you gift them with treats and eats from truck stops that most people have never heard of. But um, I got introduced to Bucky's and Joe Gatto in the same 
night. Big night for you. Big night for me. <laughs> Big, huge night for huge me. Night. Could could say most important night of your life. Yeah, I don't uh, want to downplay everything else you've done in your life, but I mean it's definitely top five. It's yeah, dude. That night I'm gonna go bar mitzvah, yeah. Bucky's. Yeah, we're right under the probably mitz. marriage is right in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Joe's a close fourth. Um, so uh, we met in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known you for a while and been a huge fan. And then you come through to Alabama to surprise our boy Sal at the show. Uh, come out, and let me just say this. I don't know how many... I've seen you surprise Murd a bunch of shows. I don't know how many times you've done it with Sal. The place... If you guys... If you haven't seen um, Joe surprise one of his buddies at a show, it's like if Celine came out during one of Madonna's shows. Yeah. Yeah. Fair I, to say? On the Selena comedy. Yes. I guess that's what you would say. <laughs> Same figure. Same yeah. figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the place went fucking bananas. Oh, it was great. It was really cool to see. Yeah. It was great surprising Sal, too, because Sal didn't know I was there. Sal didn't know. So didn't I knocked you... on his hotel room In door. classic yeah. uh, Joker's fashion. Are you always in prank mode? Uh, no, I'm all, I love getting them. I yes. Mean, I, love, I hadn't seen Sal for a minute because, you know, he's got a job. And we used to be friends from work, but we're not anymore. So yeah. I, we have to make time for each other. Yes. You know how it is, yes. right? So I... I found out we were our, our routing was just overlapping, and I just reached out and I was like, and I hadn't seen Sal do stand up in a while, so I wanted to see it too. And you're a big fan of Alabama. I People love, need to know this. Love, love it, Birmingham. Where, yeah, that's where I <laughs> had you been there up. before? I have, yeah, I have, yeah. It is a great comedy crowd. Yeah, some of these, I mean, we pulled up, it felt like a fucking ghost town. Yeah, there was nobody sure, there for sure. People show up that place. I'm playing it again soon. I'm, Are you really? I'm, I'm playing it, yeah. But it was, uh, it was, it's crazy because it's one of those towns like when you roll in, there's no cars on the street, nothing, nothing, right? And you go into your theater, and it's like, where are all these people? From? How do they get here yeah exactly um i've been doing that in a lot of places i've been going like to where people are like i get this is the first thing i get why are you here (laughs) oh my god i get that all the time but then that's followed by thank god for coming here nobody comes here james taylor came here 45 years ago and i still tell my children (laughs) yeah yeah it's 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 nutty it's great though are you loving stand-up i am yeah i am surprisingly what a cool thing to transition into. It's so fun, yeah. And I just saw some interview with you where you were like, I didn't even want to be in front of the camera. Yeah. You wanted to yeah. direct, still do, like yeah. direct and all that. That's my focus for this year is to write and direct the film. For real? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I would uh, love to assume that, like, and even just seeing you hitting the ground running when you get to L.A. and the amount of things you're making time for, and uh, this included, that, like, you know, having the, the Joker's chapter um, be what it is, and now it's like, that takes up so much time. When I talk to Sal, I'm like, I don't know how you guys do it, did it. It's so demanding. It is, and yeah. people, it looks so effortless and it's so fun. And I went to set once when you guys did, um, it was ones where uh, we, I don't, I think we might have briefly met, but you guys were so in the thick of it that I didn't want right. to, you know, like have that be the way. It was, it's not a way to meet somebody when they're in sure. work mode. But it was where um, in New York when you guys would, um, uh, uh, change different outfits. You were like maybe in the lobby for a focus group. Yeah, you had to come in and see how many times you could get them to pay you. Yes, with different outfits, and yes, different characters. Yes, and yeah. Sal at the end was dressed in like all goth. Remember? Yes, yes, yep. that was a brilliant one. Um, but that was just such a long day of shooting. So many elements. It's so our many... longest, our longest days was that. There was that challenge. We had to clear off. We wouldn't shoot the day before. We wouldn't shoot the day after. Wow, because it would take. It would be like a twelve-hour day. Did you have to? Was there any sort of prep to? Uh, when you're going into a day like that, or the show in general, like when you're starting a new season, are you just like, all right, I need to like make sure I've got like, you know, yeah. decent stamina going into this. I want to like eat well for three days leading up. Is well, there? I never eat well. Yeah. <laughs> I just eat more. I try to bulk up. <laughs> I try to get my sugars up. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think some challenges were 
you're on autopilot. Like yeah. when we ever had to do that Crane Just McBasketball one where you just had to say funny names out loud and not laugh. Yes. Best day in the world. Yes. Super easy. You just yes. open a book and read a word. Yes. You know, there's nothing you have to do. But then there's other ones where you have to like pull off these huge things you're trying to get over on people and those take a lot more energy, time, and there's a lot more writing on it because you're like, oh, if this messes up, we waste oh, yeah. all this time. The physicality too in some of these stunts, like I was just watching one today were you doing? I forget what it was. It was, I think it was at a restaurant and you were slapping the mashed potatoes. Yeah, potatoes yeah. Oh my That's God. Right. Bro, what was the, the challenge uh, in that exactly? You had to serve mashed potatoes to people that didn't order them and you didn't work there. And whoever got the most scoops won. So this was like season, this was in Jersey and this is one of those things. We got this a lot. It was like, come, my place is always packed. Come to this place. Come here. So this guy. Oh, people started reaching out to yeah, you guys. Yeah, so there was a location. This was like season two, I think it was. Locations was like, hey, this place, you know, has a big dinner crowd. We should go there. Right. We go. It's a ghost town. There's nobody there. Right. And it's like six o'clock. Mm. Right. It's dinner time. So if there's nobody, there's nobody there. Murray goes first. He got a good turn. Sal goes. Um, Q goes, gets a good turn. Sal goes. His group doesn't sign. So he has to go again, no. and then I'm last, and it's like 8.30 at oh this God. restaurant. So I was literally, we were literally like, there was a bunch of people at the table. We just made the owner say, make an excuse. They didn't know each other to sit at the same table. I said, just get everybody at the same table and just give me a bowl, <laughs> and I'm just going to go. And that's literally a real moment when I look in the camera, and I said, I say to Sal and the boys, I go, I said, hey, you guys, you ever hear of Scoops Kipatadas? And Sal literally goes, Oh, what does this mean? And he like, doesn't know. And I was just like, I'm just gonna throw my potatoes all over this place and see what happens. And Holy shit! It literally was the le- they closed like right after that. After I made of course they did. Show. We weren't invited back. <laughs> yeah. They went fucking nuts, dude. Yeah. Those I've never seen so many people yeah. crying, laughing great. at a mashed potato fiesta. I think I think it was just confusion and a thousand percent. I'm just very like when I use my body, it's entertaining. You commit. I'm a, com- a comedic weapon. Uh, and you said briefly before we started that. Um, your physical talents started way back when. Way back when. Way back when. I've been known for pratfalls, dance moves. Dance moves. Do, yes. You said you were entered some dance competitions. And my eighth grade, I think you're referencing my eighth grade talent. Yes. Uh, my eighth grade talent competition at Santa Dalbert's uh, school in Staten Island where I won pl- by being part of the boy group and we danced to Hanging Tough. I mean, I think most comedians can probably say that they were in a talent show. Oh, sure. Like, I think the first one I was in was, yeah, eighth grade, and then where my two buddies and I dressed up as different village people and just made up, like, a 45-minute dance to YMCA. And then one of the kids in our group, like, just at the very end decided to, like, get real sexual and do, like, this and whatever. And everybody started laughing, and then they, like, closed the curtain. The curtain got dropped on, Because the principal was like, what the fuck is this? But everybody went nuts. And I didn't know what was happening because I was standing in front and the other two guys were behind. Yeah. Um, but you know, sometimes you got to pull an audible and do that move. I yeah, think. I mean, that's you didn't win. Yeah, what you're saying? <laughs> we lost to a girl that sang uh, the Fugees. Oh, yeah, we can't beat that. And there was a kid named Kenya Tillman who, as she was singing, because um, kids are dicks, she was uh, she was going to in my pain with his finger, and he would go one time, oh, and everybody laughed. Man. And she just powered through. But I don't know if she won because she sounded good. Yeah. that's. Uh, was she funnier than that? No. If it was a comedy, if it was a comedy competition, yeah, you probably it was. Won. And it was just I a talent a, competition. I lost to a blind guy in the, in the, in the Poconos when I was five. <sighs> here's the title of your memoir. That's it. I sang, I sang She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain 
when she comes when I was five years old because it was my graduation from kindergarten. And song. he did a Sudoku. And he, yeah, he yeah. was out there doing a blind Sudoku <laughs> and he just crushed it. Now, he said he was like playing the guitar and sang, and I was like, well, I'm not winning this one. Oh my God. But it was like in the Poconos, like old school, like, you know, old school. Po- I don't know yes. if you ever vacation in the Poconos. No, but, but I it know was of like, it. So it was like this old school, like, smoky lounge, and there was this gangster kind of fella that came up to my mother after, and he grabbed he grabbed me by the cheek really hard. I remember this. He was like a full blown, like, Italian mobster, big fat guy. And he, he goes, listen to me. This kid's going to be something. And he took us, drag of a cigar and walked away. Holy shit. <laughs> I like to think that he got shot in the parking lot right after that. <laughs> Wait, so, okay, what made you want to do Hanging Tough? Um, it was Sign of the Times. Was, you, know, was this, you know, we were five guy friends. Yeah. You know, so no kids on the block. Was yeah. Thing. My name's Joey. So. And you won. We won the competition, yeah. In the boy category. Who were the other guys? Do you remember? I think Frank Nicchio, John DeVino, uh, Francesco DeFrancesco. And Adrian Faustino. Awesome. I love that you remember the names. I think I'm pretty sure. I'm a big, like, saying the full name on the podcast guy, too. Oh, yeah? I've many times been chastised for, like, giving the full. Like, I've said it many times before, but I'll say it again because it's a great story. The full real breasts I saw live were Kalen Peck's. Camp or Kyla, sixth grade, a B went up the shirt, no bra. To this day, I think that B was, like, winking at us, being like, fellas, watch this. Because the shirt went off in one swoop. And then it was a booby parade for all, and uh, and I remember I said the story uh, the story on a podcast, and I gave it to one of my buddies. Was like, you just said the, her name. I go, it was a great story. She was a fucking hero that She's day. She's a hero. We're, I'm ch- celebrating. Better accolades. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I want to uh, uh, call um, my friend Joy McIntyre here and see if he'll pick up and uh, and give us uh, and you can. I just would love to. Uh, here you tell him this story and, and maybe he can um there's no idea why i'm i bet he does he's sending you to voicemail oh, he's God. watching the live stream so <laughs> <laughs> i've been trying to call a lot of people live on the pod i feel like this makes for riveting podcasting <laughs> there's um hang tough guys <laughs> now if you now if you perfect now if you'd entered a um a uh a uh a talent show where you like emulated some recipe that my mom does, and I could call her. Yes, would have picked up first pick ring. Up. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Do, do you? How uh, often do you call your mom? Probably for a while there it was every day. Oh, nice. When I first moved out here, it was every, I think every other day because it was like, I need some cash, um, because I would work at Universal Studios playing Wolverine and being a tour guide, and then spend all my money on trips to New York to see my girlfriend. I'm going to hit time out there for a minute yeah. and bring it back a yeah. sec. Yeah. Wolverine at Universal yeah. Studios? Oh, yeah. Wow. Wolverine hosted the Fear Factor live show. And I, the last gig I had before I got fired was um, uh, a cop. They have a New York cop that just walks around going, hey, welcome to New York Street. Really? And New York Street at Universal is two cabs and people up in a window uh, screaming, Welcome to New York, hey, Cousin Vinny. And it's like, this is, nobody in New York oh. does that. Oh, I know. Um, Are they hiring? I might stop by and see if I can pick up a part-time gig. You would definitely, I mean, it, that is, a, by the way, a great uh, stunt for something. But oh, yeah. but I would walk around with a nightstick, and a lot of guys would just kind of be like, hey, the bathroom's over there. If a kid has long hair, hey, blow the whistle, get a haircut. Right. I would do stuff like if old ladies were walking by, I'd blow the whistle, you know, slow down, ma'am, it's not a race, you know. Or Stamos went through once, and... Uh, and I, I blew my whistle and said, hey, um, quit hogging all the, the there's a moose short or gel shortage or something. Quit hog, hogging all the hair products. And he just looks at me and goes, nice. Yeah. Like, oh. I get it, buddy. You're an actor trying to do a bit with me. Nice. Uh, but it was a fun gig. Oh, I didn't want to wait tables. No. 
I never got in the service industry. I went retail. I yeah, you went here. Nordstrom. Yeah, I lived out here from 03 to 05. I, I didn't know Grove. that's when I was at Universal. So Maybe we crossed paths. You know what? I might have sold you a shirt. Fuck, dude. I, I'll tell did you this Did you buy much. a Von Dutch hat? Because if you did, you got it from me. I was big in the Von Dutch I heard you were pushing those hard. Dude. I heard, and don't be humble about this, that you were like a top salesman. Number five in the company across the rail section. One, yeah, 1. 1.2 million What the sales. fuck? How do you chart that? Uh, they give it to you. They give it to you. Yeah. Benefits, bonuses? Platinum pace setter. I don't want to brag, but. Platinum pace setter? I had my own business card. They give you your own business card, and it's silver. And then do you get to like. I go around, drop it like a tie on people. <laughs> Just like this, yeah, dude. Come see me. I'll but, take care of this. Oh happen. my! We'll and by the fit. way, if I'm going in for a fitting or a von Dutch hat, yeah, von Dutch or Dutch? Dutch. I called it Dutch. I don't know. See, now that's something too that I think it would happen if I walk in. I go, do you guys have any of those von Dutch hats? I have a von Dutch. Yeah, 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 come on, buddy. Come here. I can come help on. you out. <laughs> You're lost Stick in many ways. Stick with me. But then if you came up to me and gave me the card, I'd be like, oh, this is the guy I want to get pants from, shirts, hundred percent, probably some shades. Yeah. Uh, would you? Um, was there like a a nice belt? A nice get belt. Get the accessories. Get a, get your watch. This is what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see someone walk in mm-hmm. and they want one thing. Is it your job to sell them more than what they're coming in for? I want to keep my UPT up, units per transaction, right? So you got to try to make sure <laughs> my you, got, you get a goal for you get a goal for like three. They, like you, you're not supposed to sell a person one thing. Yeah, and you like get in trouble if they just bought jeans from you. So you'd have to try and get them like a T-shirt. But we'd always like put small items by the thing. Like I would get people like on a shoelace they weren't expecting. Yeah. Yeah, shoelaces was huge because you, I think about how often like you just keep the shoelaces to your shoes. I'd always be like you want to freshen them up for $7, grab a pair of laces. Unbelievable. That's a quick grab too. Great add-on. That's like chapstick at the uh, register at a grocery store. Every time. It is funny in, in retail and in like fast food, like you see them always like, are you sure? Like, I mean, it's even worse in fast food because it's like you could go in there and be like, yeah. Yo, let me get 16 quarter pounders and eight fries, and I'm supersizing it all. You're right. And then they're like, any dessert? Yeah. And you're like, how dare you? How dare you? Isn't that enough? Yeah. yeah. Give me the apple pies. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I don't want to see my 50s. Um, any crazy stories of, um, I don't know, I'm always curious, because I worked in customer service at Albertsons in high school, mm-hmm. in the customer service booth. And so when you work with people like that, you get a great uh, bird's eye view at how fucking bonkers the human races. Yeah, nuts. And especially nuts. in the retail business. Yeah. I mean, some of the returns I had would blow your mind. I'm not going to waste your time. This is your show. <laughs> Tell me some of the people that came in that tested your patience, that made you earn that platinum. Oh, uh, no, well, I mean, the thing with Nordstrom was you had to take everything back. So that was the thing their return policy was, we'll take it back. So we used to just see people pick up a shirt, walk up to us and be like, I want to return this. I don't have the receipt. And you saw them take it. And you'd be like... No, I was like, you, you know, you just took that. Like, no, I didn't. I just bought, I got it as a gift. And then loss prevention would come out. They would look at the tape and be like, oh, it wasn't clear that they grabbed it or whatnot. Oh, blah, blah, blah. They might have had it in the bag. And then you'd have to give them the money out of the register. Oh, It happened my, all the time. All the time? All the time. How good were these liars? Or you Some of them were professional liars. But then they got they got tripped up. I was I was part of like a big sting that I didn't realize. Like I was doing a return. I knew this guy. He had been in a bunch. And they all like swooped in. They had been tracking them between multiple Nordstrom's. The one in Orange County was crazy. You were part of a sting. And they, they, they did the, cuff, the whole like zip tie like cuff thing on them and stuff. Yeah. The because, same zip tie they have on the belt that you use it. on his and wrist. I took it and I was like, you know what? Let me just <laughs> want to clip that for him. I, I won't wear this out. Do you want shoelaces? You're going to need shoelaces. I got them on the way out. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, that, that was a huge one. But I, it was like a celebrity like haven. Like it was like the I, Grove. The Grove. Yeah. yeah that, that, that spot came really 
Who's no coming through there uh, most frequently? Who was like a top shopper? Had, Mario uh, Lopez? Uh, yeah, I, no, I never helped Mario. I, Vince Vaughn, I helped. Uh, awesome. you know, and, I, and I've befriended him later in life. I was going to say. It's just fun. It's, it's fun to talk about Did that, he remember those encounters? I told, I told him about it. Because I was, I, me and Sal, like Favreau and Vince Vaughn. Like, those are your guys. Those are us. Like, we were, you guys we were, do have an unbelievable, I mean, it, obviously the show is one thing, but seeing anything live, whether it's like performing, yeah. seeing you guys do the show live, like, even just seeing the chemistry and camaraderie between friends, seeing you and Sal like immediately just have this back and forth, I yeah. was like, "Wow, dude, that's like yeah, that thing's been in the oven for thirty five yeah, years." Yeah, you know, he's like he's he's my favorite person on earth to make laugh. Yeah, he just I, and nobody I, I make him crumble like he just you do. Yeah, I mean I've made him throw up on multiple occasions. He was like like punching <laughs> me to stop it. He's know? also now you tell me this because I uh, completely agree. He's his laugh is infectious it's and it's so whole. It's. When he, he laughs from his soul. Totally. He laughs from his soul. Wow, dude. Yeah. Great way to put For sure. it. For sure. Not everybody, are you a, um, what, what, uh, how often do you feel like you're gutturally, like, from the depths of hell laughing? Uh, a lot? Yeah, I, I get it. I do get it sometimes. For sure. I do. I do. I enjoy, when I get people going, like, I love making people laugh that way more than I think, like, laughing that way. That's, like, such a... So that's why the show is just a dream. Yeah, it was great. Because you're just yeah. like... I'm... And when you work with people, though, like, you know how it is. Like, you get with certain people and certain people just you just click with. Like, yes. now I have that with Steve Byrne. Yeah. Like, Byrne, I make Steve crumble, you know. He's his Two Cool Moms. Two Cool Moms Your podcast. podcast. I love it. So funny. Steve Byrne is one of... I. It's, it's such a great thing, too, when I met you and then was like, oh, I fucking... New favorite guy. And, and you're attached to Steve Byrne. Yeah. Steve Byrne is one of the funniest dudes I've ever met. Yeah. I first saw him when he was won this like Sierra Mist TBS stand-up contest on MySpace. And I was like, this guy's incredible. Yeah. And then I got to be homies with him from being around the comedy store. Right. And then just seeing him work. And then, you know, it's one thing to be funny on stage, but the funny off stage thing, man, is yeah. like just but adds to he's it. also just like one of the most interesting guys ever like totally so he, i have this thing with him now because he's always i'm on the road with him a lot yeah and I talk, you know we do the pod a lot and wherever we talk he's like you gotta see this documentary he always mentions a documentary so every time now i just go to when he mentions one i go ding and i just keep counting on how many times <laughs> he tells because i don't watch documentaries you don't i i don't i have a, i don't want to get into it i don't watch him <laughs> so i don't want to get controversial here on the pod but he uh he just does this thing and then i'll just go like this he'll be like oh i just saw this doc on and I go, ding, uh, like that with him. But, so he does, but he like re like he's just so well versed. Music, he's like knows so much. I'm not one of those guys. Me neither. I know a lot about a little. Yes. And then I fake the rest. What's your uh, what's your avenue? What are you like the the areas where you go? Movies I, I can for sure. I can hang, sponge and it talk. up. Yeah, I could talk about movies and stuff. I could talk about uh, comedy, like you know, like things. Like, not even stand up though. Like so, you know, like some people. Being new to the stand-up thing, yeah. Like I always watched stand-up growing up, but not as much as I did watch TV and movies. Like mm. TV and movies are way more influential. Who, um, who were you when you first got going? What were the first memories of being like, "Wow, I yeah. want to do that," or that made me laugh so hard? I remember watching Home Improvement, Tim Allen with my father. Uh, so my, something about just my favorite thing that happened with Jokers, hands down, was that I was entertainment for families. We didn't mean it. It happened by accident. We became one of the biggest co-viewing shows. It's insanity. It was not uh, at all on purpose. No, it was a ten. It was between two tow tra- two tow truck shows at ten p.m. on True TV. Like it was like if you look at the first season, it was like completely like male adult humor, and then quickly all the numbers were coming back, and it was like, wait, you gotta. Yeah, my nieces at this. eight were obsessed. 100%. And I and when my sister told me that, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. A, that makes me so happy because I'm like, cool. like The connection. That any, was it. I and anywhere that. to get comedy as a kid like that that's more, that's not just, um, I don't know, through cartoons or, um, yeah. I don't know, uh, Disney Channel stuff, right? right? right. That's more, that, f- that feels more adult. Yeah. But still catered. It, really brilliant how you guys pulled that off. Yeah, we tried to like 
make jokes on different levels. Some yes. go over the kid's head. And yes. Whatnot, you know, but that was like my favorite thing. And I remember watching Tim Allen, my father, and then watched Tim Allen's stand up special, Richard Jenny, like my dad oh, loved man. those guys. And I was like, I remember seeing that. And I remember being like, oh, that's really good. And then when I started this whole thing and I was like, oh, wow, I'm that for people, it made me even more inspired and more like, wow, wow like that whole part of it was, was probably my favorite thing out of all of it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Tim Allen uh, was Home Improvement is so underrated. So I think it might be one of the few sitcoms I watched every yeah. every week it came out. Yeah. That Family Matters, Full House, probably maybe right. some Step by Step. Patrick Duffy right. was you know arguably one. I of think the... I think Night Court, and I just I didn't <sighs> yeah. realize that they did they just re release yeah. it or so they just yeah did a, it's back. I, I didn't know that I saw the billboard with when I was um, in LA. John Larroquette. Larroquette, I gotta watch. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I I mean it's it's tricky with sitcoms these days. You know, it's like, I don't know, I feel like we've just grown so out of the canned laughter. Mm-hmm. But but then a good one still... Pops up. Yeah. And I also, I think our uh, generation has uh, a soft spot for them. Yeah. So you almost want it to... You know, the last one I feel like I really got into was maybe... Um, fuck, I don't know. Um, Scrubs wasn't a multicam, yeah. was it? No, you know... Blossom? Blossom. Oh, God. Love Great Blossom. show. Yeah. Uh, Big Bang Theory, did you watch I never got into it. Really? Big yeah. fan? I liked it. Yeah. You know, it was one of those things that I, it was a tour bus thing for me. I had never watched uh, Breaking Bad. Mm. So I had bought the DVD set when we did our first bus tour and I watched it on the bus. Great. And, which is great. And then I Big Bang was the other one, but if I wanted something lighter, you know? But I feel like the dramas have totally done that. Like, th- there weren't dramas like that. Mm-mm. Like, wh- the, we have such good dramas growing up. Yeah. Like, our, our, this generation now. Yeah. Like, what my nephews watch, my 21-year-old nephews, 24-year-old nephews, what they watch now is nothing compared to what I used to watch. If I wanted to watch, like, something thrillery or dramery, there's so much better stuff out there. Yeah, dude. Genre, you know? I was just watching this show, The Accused, on Fox uh, last night, and it was just so, yeah. so dark, yeah. but so twisted and awesome. Wait, so who in your family was like funny? Your dad would watch this stuff with you and kind of introduce you to? My mother and father were both funny in different ways. My mom, I have two older sisters. Mm. My oldest one's like my father, my middle, the middle one's like my mother and I'm the mix of both of them. Yeah. You know, my mom, batshit crazy, came in the room, middle, everybody looking at her, making the whole crowd laugh. My father observed everything back on the wall, say something just loud enough that you would hear him. And then awesome. laugh, and then he'd be, I'd be like, "What are you laughing at?" Like one of those. And like, you're picking scared. up on both these and dynamics. I both those dynamics, and I just mix them together. Yeah. Wow, dude. Yeah. So I, and then the physical comedy came really from just realizing that's how I can make people laugh. Yeah. And I think my parents both. My mom was very animated, being an Italian, you know, New Yorker. So they were animated when they spoke. But as far as like using the body as a comedic weapon, I think I just picked that up by watching stuff. What are the Italian stereotypes? Big energy, loud, Big energy, opinionated, loud, hungry. Yeah. Oh, just describe me to you. <laughs> So you got it. I, I I take them all. I wear them proudly. They're good stereotypes. They're not bad. Yeah. I mean, some sometimes obnoxious is a thing though because it's mm. the loud and I feel like if you get into it with a bunch of Italians and I saw this growing up a lot was when like I'm out with my aunts and uncles and you're at a restaurant and you guys are boisterous and going. Oh, you're there's taking a, over that couple. Right, I know. Yeah. That's it. The people over there trying to eat their parpadel. You know, this old <laughs> Polish couple just trying to down a little bit of sausage and meatballs <laughs> and you're over there like high fiving and yelling. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like it does chest get bumping over ravioli. Yeah, I mean, who hasn't? Boy, who hasn't? Right? If you, you haven't, know, a I feel bad. A good pomodoro, I mean, <laughs> deserves a good chest bump. Maybe twice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what would your mom say when she came in the room and was like just big and, and boisterous? Like, My, does she have a catchphrase or like? No, no. Well, she wasn't the neighbor on, you know, she wasn't rolling into family matters, you know. My mom was like, did I do that? You know. Well, she Can you was, imagine that she claims it as her own? Yeah. Like, mom, that's clearly Steve Urkel. Like, no, no, I made that up. No, it's right. Italian. Yeah. My grandmother used to say it over over the, over the pond. She was uh, a great a great example of my mother is my sister's wedding. All of a sudden, like the band, she had my sister mm. had this big eighteen, a big Italian wedding. Of course, like she had a big eighteen piece, uh, like band. It was, awesome. They were great. They were crushing whatever. And then all of a sudden, in the band, my sister's on the dance floor by Santa, and all of a sudden, we start hearing "Chendaluna Menzamana," you know. And we turn around, and my mother is on the mic, and she doesn't know the words. All she knows is "Chendaluna Menzamana," and the whole place, the, the thing is going with him. She's tearing the place down, and she's doing the kicks. Amazing. And then she just walked off and like dropped the mic. And Holy it was so shit! Great. Yeah. So she's a showman. She's a showman. For sure. Sisters kind of funny? Definitely. My sister is probably my middle sister is probably the funniest woman I know. She's hysterical. That's She's awesome. Great. She reminds me a lot of my she is probably my if we're talking favorite person to make laugh, it's my sister Carla. Hands down. I mean I Because why going, just great laugh. Oh, great laugh. She just crushes. We didn't get along very well when I was younger and then mm. we really bonded hard. Yeah. So it was like one of those dynamics. I have that kind of with my sister as well. So we and, do have two sisters. Uh, once, well, I got one sister, uh, step and then a stepsister, and then two half brothers and two step brothers. Oh wow! And a stepdad and a step uncle, um, who I think is still in QAnon, and then, um, and then step, uh, step by step <laughs> over here. <laughs> yeah, I got a whole you got a whole basket. Yeah, got a whole dude, staircase going on. There's a lot going on. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so that's I bonded with her like that. So did you have big? Uh, you said big weddings, but like family reunions uh, every year. We still do it. That, 70 Italians get together in a backyard. I think Sal told me he went to one of yeah. them. That to me has been something that I've always, because I always. Come to the next one. July July uh, 12th. Don't fucking joke. In a heart, I've never been to a giant family. Oh. And I've had so many friends that have them. Yeah. And it was never like a sad thing growing up. Just a jealous thing. Right. Where it was like, you know, because it'd be like my mom, my sister and I. And then, and then even if it was before they split, like. You know, the cousins that we had were not really around, or that they're in, in Wichita, Kansas, and I, my aunt Shirley, and then my aunt. Um, Distance does that. Yeah, yeah. and and we, there was no there. A wedding might have brought everybody together, right. but not. Um, but half of them were dead by that, so it was just sure. all over the place. Yeah, well, we're in New York, New Jersey. Yeah, pretty much everybody. I'm one of fifteen. I'm the youngest of fifteen grandkids, and then the next generation under me has twenty two kids, Holy and I'm the bridge. Shit. So I have like a 60-year-old oldest cousin or whatever, 62, 60, whatever. And then there's, uh, then I'm the last one out of the 15. And then it goes to 22. And the youngest out of that is like she's 20. I think she's 20. It's just mayhem. It's just mayhem, yeah. Food, fun, fun karaoke. Like what? Yeah, we just hang out. We, we, we play Keep It Up. There's a big volleyball, and we just all around the pool trying to keep the ball up. And I have these great awesome. cousins. We play, have a big ultimate frisbee game. I was going to say, yeah. Now, who is uh, organizing the festivities? It's my. It came from my mother's generation. The four of them. Uh, my mother's no longer with us. It's her three uh, siblings and her. They were the. They were the four. Wow. They were called the aunts and uncles. The four of them. So they wanted to. My grandfather uh, wanted to. He came to the first reunion. So it's happened ever since 1994. Wow. So he said, uh, he said, I want to get my whole family together. So he got everybody together. And it was like 24 people at that time. And now I think this last one was 70 people. Holy no shit. No outsiders. Nobody's allowed in. 
And do you know? Oh, so I will just go ahead and take back that invite. Yeah, you yeah, just throw at me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd have to get a pass. I got a pass from Sal, but they don't know you like that, <laughs> dude. All good. Fair yeah, enough. But uh, yeah, so it's 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 like a crazy. It's like mayhem. It's like so. Do fun. you know everybody knows everybody, everybody or they're always everybody. new family members? No. Everybody. Sometimes there'll be a girlfriend that comes. Yeah. Or somebody, and they'll they'll be the last time you see them. Sometimes there'll be a new baby that came. You know, I'll get the surgery. Say, yeah, come on, plus come one. on you come yeah. And they didn't know. They didn't know. Like you know, you've, you'll meet a baby for the first time. At, like a lot of people met my son for the first time at the family reunion. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So. That is also awesome. Just to grow up with that. Um, I mean, you tell me, like in comedy in general, right? The support from family, I feel like, is instrumental. Hundred um, percent. Whether it's coming to shows or. Just being like, for me, having my mom be a source of like, when I'd call her and, you know, complain. I think I, you know, my strongest memory is when I studied abroad in London and I tried to, I lied my way into a, a stand up show. The guy gave me a shitty intro. I bombed. I had done stand up maybe six times at this point. And, uh, and I called her from a payphone and I was like, this is the worst experience of my life. I, I'm never doing stand-up again. And she just goes, oh, I feel so bad for you. You bombed. You've done it six times. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised you're not perfect at it. And she's like, shut up. Yeah. Like, try it again tomorrow, whatever. Right. And it was just hearing that made me go like, oh, yeah. Shake it. Yeah, yeah shake it off. But um, yeah. having Well, the a- Tenderloin shows, when we did our, our comedy troupe yes. shows, it was literally mine, Sal, Q, and, Mer- and Mer's family. Like, that's who we were playing to. They would show up. And they would all be in, it would be all our family, most of our family, some friends, you know, and that would just be, that was our support system for a long time. Was it nice to have, obviously, people in the audience, but was there a little bit of like, oh, they're going to be biased? Yeah, I think so, but each other's families weren't, which was interesting. I think we learned that pretty quick, right? Because, like, my family's going to laugh at me, you know, but they won't necessarily laugh it quickly at Murr. And then yeah. when Murr was getting laughed, you know, when I would make Murray's family laugh, it'd be like a, a different kind of thing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so then you came out here in 2003. Yes, 03. And... We're cr- obviously crushing it at the Strum. Killed at the Strum. I moved on. I moved on from the Strum too. I got poached because I was such a good salesman. To where? I don't want to name drop, but you know HD Buttercup. <laughs> Open that store. Open that empire. <laughs> what big? For those up. listening at home, it's a it's a high end furniture store. Holy uh, shit! That sells very high end furnitures. And I, we- I weaseled my way into that thing. Unreal. Yeah, wasn't it? I did this. I did this thing a lot where I invented <laughs> positions when I when I interviewed, and I made them hire me for that. Right. So brilliant. I, w- I went to I went to the thing. Uh, you know, the interview. They're like, hey, so the way that that store is work- sh- uh, set up is it's a bunch of stores within a store. Right. And they're like, okay, they hired me for the one store. I was like, oh, that's not what I do. I said I'd like to. S- I'm going to sell everything. And they're like, well, I said, well, at Nordstrom, I could sell in- at any department, and that's what I, I. That was my understanding coming in. But if not, that's okay. And they're like, oh no, wait. I was like, I thought I was going to be the personal shopper and they're like what <laughs> they're like you know, i was like yeah the personal shopper for the police ha- here at hc buttercup hey, so we don't have a personal, personal shopper shop. like, well you don't yet so they're like okay so oh, they good point they let me do it and i literally sold everything every, every little store like everyone i would bring people in i would work it out with them and i, I crushed it. i sold jessica alba a rug uh and then <sighs> dear diary my, my biggest thing my biggest thing ever was my best story from there was the guy who ran the antiques part had to leave early to pick up his son from school Nobody ever went to the antiques thing ever. They had this huge antique section, but it was like these big armoires that were like you know, hundred, you know, tens of thousands. So he's like, "Do me a favor, watch it." It was like an hour left of the store. Here comes this little old lady. She comes in. She's like, "Excuse me, I have a question." I said, "Yep." She's like, "This armoire reminds me of my husband." She's like, "I'd like to buy it." And I was like, "Oh, okay." I said, "Have you been here before? Have you worked with whatever the guy's name was?" And she's like, "No." She's like, "I heard you guys had nice furniture, so I came." I was like, "Okay, first sale, great." I was like, "Okay, uh, let me take a look." And I look, and I was getting. I was. Or I worked my way to get. I was getting five and a quarter at Nordstrom, so I worked my way to get an eight and a half. Awesome. So I get eight and a half wow. commission there so plus hourly. So I said. <laughs> so I said to him. I said. Uh, I said. I said. Yeah. Let me take. I take a look at the price tag. Forty thousand dollars. 
And I was like, oh, okay, so ma'am, that'll be $4,000. She's like, okay, and she takes out her checkbook. And she writes a check for $40,000. And I said, okay, do you want this to get delivered? She's like, no, my nephew's here to help me. And two fucking guys put it in the back of a truck and they left. The next day, the guy came in and he wanted to kill himself. He missed out on that sale, which is crazy. Oh, my God. Nuts. It would have been great if she rolled it up and carried it out herself. <laughs> she just put it on the yeah. back. She's like, I got this. I was like, you need help? I'm sorry, we're closing, ma'am. And she put her out the door. Yeah. Um, Isn't that crazy? Holy shit, Yeah, that dude. was crazy there. Have you always had that type of chutzpah to just kind of... I don't know. That's a very that's a very few people would have the audacity yeah. to and confidence really to. Uh, I think that's probably where that comes from, right? You're like I'm creating these positions, yeah. but I know what I'm capable of, and I know what I can do, and I, I don't want to just yeah, yeah. You got to value yourself. You know? Yeah, I knew I wasn't going to be a guy who's going to be working in one little store. I flipped it. I flipped it reverse. And when I moved back to New York, the same thing. When I moved back to New York, there was a baby store company called Giggle, and they were looking Great. for a, they were looking for a sales associate, and I go in. Do the same exact thing. They had met me. They had met me out in uh, at a. I worked a show at the Javits. You know those big shows. Yeah, oh yeah. So with that company, HD Buttercup, I had moved back to New York. They said, "Hey, uh, you know, we're sorry to lose you, but we're doing the Javits. You want to work our booth? Sure." I meet the lady who's running, who runs this new store, Giggle. That is Mrs. Giggle. The Mrs. Giggle that is at, that is expanding to New York City. They're opening a store in Soho. I, she's like, "Oh, she's like, I know you live here now, and you're looking for a job. Would you love to come in for an interview?" Absolutely. I come in and meet with the lady. I see, you know, I had my whole resume there. I give it over. You know, we start talking at the coffee shop. And she's like, Did yeah, you know. Did you drop the uh, platinum uh, Nordstrom like, card? It was like staples. Oh, sorry. It was staples <laughs> on the top. I was like, sorry. So I was like, uh, and I was like, yeah. I said, you know, so I was like, you know, I'd love to do it. And she's like, um, she's like, okay, you know, we're looking for uh, an assistant manager. And I said, oh, I said, oh, management's not my thing. I said, I'm more of a uh, personal shopper. And she goes, what's the, she goes, what's a personal shopper? SKG Buttercup. I, I, said, I, said, I said, well, it's, I, it's on the top of my resume there. I said, it's what I did over with HD Buttercup. I said, you know, and I had my stats on there, whatever I made, inflated a bit. And I said, uh, and I said, yeah, I said, you know, that's what I did with the, the butter. I said, that's what I did with the Buttercup. So let's. Very cool. I thought you wanted to do the same sort of setup here. And she's like, all right. She, I said, hey, look, no no, no hard feelings. If that's yeah, not, not everybody's a but, living in the Buttercup world. Like, I, you're I, giggle. Like, I, you're, you guys are babies. Like, Buttercup's uh, the, you, the big boys. I said, so I said, no, no worries if that's not what we're looking for, but that's what I'm looking for now I need to make I said I need to make more than an hourly wage so then I negotiated to get paid and oh then that, and all that stuff and a bonus structure or whatever they wouldn't pay me commission so I had to come up with this whole thing and I invented the personal shopper position and I ended up my that was the job <laughs> I quit to go to jokers I was there for eight years six years and I ended up becoming the training program manager where they would send me out to stores when they opened new stores I would sure. go out and sell <laughs> and I would train their state their their uh their people yeah would you train them on like hey also you know, word to the wise, if people ask you, you know, don't ever be afraid to make up a job, make up a job. and step into that fearlessness, by the way, pays dividends in comedy. Okay. There is a direct correlation to you doing all that yeah. and then being um, as uh, as tireless in your uh, commitment to, to the bit. Oh, thank you. I mean, that's incredible. One thousand percent. Right. Yeah. Um, wait. So, OK, so you got poached. Were you bummed to leave L.A.? Were you? So I went back home from L.A. because my grandma passed away, and my mom and my mm. grandma had become uh, widows together. So oh, now man. my mom literally had like nobody. So I was like, I, I was, I came home from my grandma's thing, and I was like, and I was just sitting there, and I felt a little bad for my mom, and I just said, I just said, I said, uh, maybe I'll move back home, and she burst into tears and hugged me and said, thank you, thank you. I was like, all right, I guess I'm moving back Holy home. Holy shit! So then, but I moved out to L.A. on a whim. I moved within two weeks. I said, I told Sal at the movies, and he was crying in the parking lot. I was like, I'm gonna move to L.A. He goes, when? I said, two weeks. He's like, what? And he started crying in the parking lot. Well, speaking of crying in the parking lot, um, <laughs> we have a guest that wants to. Um, Joey McIntyre, you're on the About Last Night podcast with uh, Joe Gatto from Practical Jokers. Wow. <laughs> Hi, Joey Mac Hi, Joey McIntyre. Hello, sir. 
good to talk to you. I wanted to thank you because of you. Um, you inspired <laughs> me to win my eighth grade talent competition where I danced as you uh, to Hanging Tough. So I want to thank hey, you. You picked me. Yes, I did. Well, my name's Joey. It was kind of uh, I had to go with there it. You but go. yeah, and hey, I was. You guys are like uh, the boy band of uh, practical jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what we do. <laughs> now, Joe. Um, uh, you guys are both East Coast boys. I don't know if there's any sort of, um, you know, East Coast, um, you know, thing that uh, that people bond over, like when they first uh, meet. Like, is there a restaurant or like if you guys were given like five to ten more minutes, is there something that would come up, uh, sports wise or uh, you know, women wise or? Uh, but where, 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 where exactly are you from? Joey? I'm from I'm from Staten Island, Joey. Where are you from? Okay, wow. I don't think anybody can identify with Staten. <laughs> You're from that place. That's really. it. It's that's it. Well, that's what we bond over. People shitting on Staten Island. So thanks, Joey. It's good to see you, buddy. <laughs> Joe's a Boston you know, guy, if you I, can't tell. I'm, I'm a. You know that is um, legit. I mean, what a what a what a cool place to put on the list to like check out eventually and, and it's 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 on my list so i it, it must be pretty special well you let me know when you're coming down and i'll make sure i take you out for, uh, to some a uh, nice italian uh, nice italian meal I, i'd love it <laughs> i'd love it uh joe is fresh off uh, carnegie hall uh performance um and uh joe um joe gatto here you know obviously no uh stranger to the stage but is now venturing uh into stand up in the past uh, uh year and is uh crushing it right out of the gate <laughs> But as you being a true solo, uh, you know, showman and um, master of the uh, of the by yourself on stage, any tips for Joe as he, uh, you know, enters into this new uh, territory? Wow. You know, I, I always kind of, you know, maybe toyed with the idea of like what it will be like stand up because I, I think. Great. Thanks know, a lot, Joe. Thanks for calling, Joe. No, Joe. Joe sorry. No, keep going. But no, no. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> this, this ends with, with, with much respect Please. And, and admiration for, for both of you and anybody who, who goes up there. But, you know, because I, I there's a part of me that, that gets off on that uncomfortability. You know what I mean? You have to be willing a kid to show, be by very the way. uncomfortable. And, and I did it. Uh, uh, Adam uh, was over for Thanksgiving a few years ago in New York. And then I think the next night you were at what was the place? Gotham in uh, you're, you've been up, yeah, over in Chelsea, so yeah. Like, you know what? Let me introduce you. And I and I was working on a couple of bits, and I was just like, because when I do my solo thing, you know, it's 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 off the cuff, <laughs> but I do have fun in between songs, and that's but that's very very different than getting up there and doing what you guys do. It's like, and it, and I love it because it it only took me four minutes of of introducing you and actually you know showing up to do that to know that like i'm all good <laughs> i i i respected you know comics anyways but i i really really it is it is it is not for the faint of heart that's for sure uh joe uh, in turn any tips for joe on how he can make his um singing career uh even stronger um I mean, I, I, I don't think it's possible, if you're going to ask me. I mean, it, it, he's playing Carnegie Hall, you know. Uh, you could catch me in Wichita Falls, Texas, if you ever come through, buddy. Uh, but it, it's it's great to meet you virtually, my friend. That's that's fantastic. Well, well uh, that was a special congratulations con- on, on another, another uh, leg of this thing we call show business and uh joe by the way real quick how many people do you know uh that have told you they've dressed up as you for talent shows oh, for sure that's got to be uh 
once once a week at least, right? Yeah, it was it was it was the moment of time. Yeah, you had to wear the vest and the, yeah. the hat with the hole. On Got the, the hole on the top. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm an, yeah. an amateur. I was I was <laughs> yeah. I was true to the form. <laughs> I love it, man. Joe. I love you. We'll do, we'll all do Buca de Beppo soon. Yes, I would love it. Sounds good. All right, bye, Joe. Take care. All Joe. right, bye. Amazing. So great. Um, oh. He called back. I mean, that's a great. You know, I was gonna have to edit out guy. that first part. Uh, oh, you're going to keep the first part in? Or you could just make it like you just called if you want to save minutes. I'm not going to tell you how to do Joe. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you, but I mean, you could just take it out because that was not You are riveting. a director, yeah. That wasn't that was, riveting no, podcast. If anything, was sad. Yeah. It could be the point where people tuned out. Yeah, I could have I could have helped you by like, making a face that you guys could have cut to. Like, you could just put this face in for those minutes. <laughs> so now there you go. I'll help you with that part. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, okay, so you go back. Uh, you go back, back to, to New, New York. York. Yep. Are you, I can't believe that you in the business, because you did improv in high, you met all the guys in high school, right? Yep, did all, all I did boy. improv out here at Improv Olympic West. That's what you came out here for. Uh, I came out here to direct. But you were, but so working in, you were just, you know, means to an end, getting a job to pay the bills. Yeah, for sure. And then you crushed it so hard that it became yeah. kind of what what you were doing. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's like it's retail too, so right. So I didn't. I was able to write and do my things on the side. A thousand make shorts, do a bunch of. Stuff so you were doing here. all that. I was. Yeah, yeah. Out here, so you, you were I, flexing the did, muscle. That's why I did improv Olympic West to meet actors. Yeah, to meet friends, and I started. I got booked on the main stage at one of their shows. There, oh wow, which was really fun. So you flourished there. I did. Yeah, it was great. Do you any people you've met there that you still uh, homies with or? Uh no. I I have a relationship with the people that run the San Francisco Sketch Fest. Mm, yeah, them, oh, yeah. Cole Stratton and yeah, yeah. Janet Varney. Um, I know them because we played the first one ever. The Tenderloins did that. No way. Yeah, we opened that. Yeah, which is great. So I've always been friends with them. And we had a show there called Pretty Pretty Pony. It was uh, me, the two of them, and then one other gentleman. I forget who the other person was. And um, I played there on that main stage with them. So were you doing improv while you were working in Orsum, crushing it? Yeah. Would you have people come into the store and recognize you yeah. from... Yeah. Wow. I'd, have, I'd meet people after the show, and people would be like, oh, and I would tell them I work, come see me at Nordstrom. So I was I was always, I had the platinum cards. I was throwing them out. You were plugging sets plugging. at Nordstrom. Oh, I was doing, yeah. Yeah, down, I'm working the two to, two to nine shift yeah, if you want to come down. What are you doing tomorrow? I'm at the Grove. <laughs> out of towners. You going to the Grove? Come see me. I'm there. I... By the way, brilliant. Great. I mean, you're getting extra business it from- It was no accident how I was number five. <laughs> I was fucking working it. I was out there working it. Um, did you- I would venture to assume as soon as you hit the stage, you were like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, I'm comfy. You just have never not felt on camera and on stage when I've seen you guys, like, that that's not, like, where you were born to be. Well, I'm not an actor, though. So I've Not with that attitude. I, yeah, no, for sure. I've, I'm not like you. I'm not multifaceted. <laughs> um, I am a terrible at auditions. I've really? Had some bad, yeah. like, it's an acquired I, skill set. I had, like audition to be a host once it was like one of the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my own skin like when I have to say lines even when we used to do the promos for like seasons early seasons yeah I started making them not give us scripts because I was just not I said forget it we're just gonna tell us what you want us to say bullet point it we'll say it so like season three I started basically directing the promos I was like give me them what do you want us to say gave it to the guys we worked it out and I was like right here we go roll great way easier so much you would just get better and anxiety like with the lines I just I forget what you have to say I told the robot I'm not really I'm not really good like that yeah really my foray you know, and then always, I get, I'm definitely better at it now because I've been in, some, in front of the camera so much. But back in the day, I was like, no, this is not what I'm supposed yeah. to do. And then even with the show, like we did act, right? We did, like I had yeah. to do things, I had to pretend I was doing sure. this or whatever. But it was always based on some sort of reality that I was making my friends laugh. So I was able to do it. Wow. You know, so I, I, I never really had aspirations to act. Okay. 
Hey guys, Adam Ray here. Hope you're enjoying this special episode of the About Last Night podcast. Checking in with you because it's a new year. You've got new goals and Factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of them. I know you're like me. You want to save time. You want to make sure you have all the right energy to tackle the day-to-day and hit everything on your to-do list. And when you do that, you need energy. You need to be locked in, dialed in, and prepped for the day. So hit up Factors because they've got ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to Yaudawa. When you get Factor, you not only skip the trip to the grocery store, which is exhausting and, you know, great people watching, but there's some freaks out there lately that make you question your decisions and where you shop. So skip all that BS, skip the chopping, the prepping, and the cleaning up too, because Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready to go in just two minutes. So all you got to do is heat up and enjoy. Truly, whatever lifestyle you're living, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and protein plus meals on the menu each week. All these meals are prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, and they all have the ingredients that you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try, which is awesome because you get to mix it up. Nobody likes the same old food day after day. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36-plus quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Well, factors the move, man. We started getting down with them. A few months ago, and it's been not only the uh, the cheapest, uh, most affordable route as far as trying to get food going, but um, it's better than takeout, and the meals are quicker than restaurant delivery. They're ready for you in two minutes. So get Factor right now and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Achieve and maintain your goals this year with Factor. Get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time, eating well, and living your best in 2023. I know this sounds too good to be true, but it's not. So head over right now to factormeals.com slash about 60 and use promo code about 60 to get 60% off your first box. That's incredible. Nobody else offers that. That's promo code about 60 at factormeals.com slash about 60 promo code about 60 to get 60% off your first box. Do it. Love it. Live it. Let's get back to the episode. So you go back to New York yeah. and you're, um, uh, you're working for Giggle. Yep. Or Jen, or, yes. Yep. So was it nice to be back because you were around all the guys? For sure, yeah. Then we started. That's when we picked up, started doing sketch comedy. So they were pumped that you were coming back. For sure, yeah. Did, how quick and was that? Co- up, and we picked up Q. Whoa. We lost the original, uh, the original member Mike, and then Q had come in. So when you guys all met in, uh, so Mike, you, Sal, and Murr met in uh, Catholic boy school. And right? so was Q was there too. Q was there too. Same oh, you school. Yeah, all right met at that from school. There, yeah. But wow. he didn't form the original Tenderloins. He was doing his own thing. Gotcha. Uh, and then we, once I came back, then Mike grew up. He got a, a real job. He was like, a, he was like, he's flourished as like in PR. I think it is. He does like, he's a vice president of some company, big wig. And he was had to like, he like guys, I can't just do this anymore. So he left, and I left a hole. And Q was good at writing, and Sal and Q had been bonding over at Sal's bar. So Sal was like, hey, we should talk to Q about coming in to fill the spot. And he had guested on a bunch of improv shows with us, right. so we were familiar with us. How many funny dudes were there at this Catholic boys' school? Five. <laughs> <laughs> and we all made it. Oh, shit. We all made it. What a great answer. Because uh, that was my first thought was like, were there other guys? Like, was there a guy named Travis that was yeah, on the fence? He's like, just oh, didn't have the availability? On, yeah, he's like, oh, I'm busy Thursday. Yeah, sorry. That's... Fuck that up, Travis. <laughs> How's your soccer career? <laughs> I have a soccer tournament. Um yeah, it was, it was, yeah, we just clicked, you know. And then when Q came in, it was the same time when we started doing film sketches and MySpace and YouTube was blowing yes. up. Yes. That was and, huge for you guys. Yeah. Then, yeah. That was changing. That was, that, and then because we were able to control the comedy, I got into editing and directing and loved it. So me and Murray were directing and editing them mostly. And Sal and Q were like writing them. And we, or we, everybody found their together. role. Yeah. Everybody found their role. We Which just worked good together. People don't realize too, in any sort of, I guess, group 
um, uh, that's that's coming up like that. Like you, you know, egos can definitely take over. Hopefully, when you're getting going, everybody's just all about. Yeah. There is no ego, which sounds like that was the case. We're just like, what 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 can you do? Great, I'll do this. I'll do that. Yeah. I don't care about getting the credit for directing and editing. I just want. I feel like I have yeah. the best grasp on making our shit good, we and everybody trusted you. Yeah, we just always say that. It's like, you're better at this. You do this. Like, I would always say, like, if we had to do something, like, Sal's our actor. Sal's just a good actor. Yeah. Sal do it. Right. You know what I mean? I know how to direct Sal. Let me direct Sal. Right. Let me do that. You know, things like that, you know? Uh, then, you know, Murr and Q. Like, Q was Q was always, like, he liked writing. I think that was his favorite thing to do, too. Yeah. So, and he brought... He brought a different type of humor than the rest of us. He's a little bit darker, a little yeah. bit edgier, and it's a nice balance because he would bring it down, we'd lift it back up, yeah. and then we'd find a new different type of yeah, middle yeah. ground. You know, it wasn't like all zany. And then if it was zany, he would base it in reality, which was really fun. So, how quick did you guys find each other's groove in the live shows? Was it like an easy translation? The improv, the improv stuff. Yeah, we pretty much knew like how to tee each other up pretty quickly. Yeah, and just let him go. It's like, oh, you know, here comes a tornado. Joe, you know, like, you know, like things like that, shit like that would happen. But, um, for, you know, I became the button guy pretty quick. Yeah. I'd be able to clear out stuff. Yeah. You know, um, you know, Murd was great at setting stuff up. Uh, Sal was great at making it real. Q was just very likable when like people really just connect with Q. He's like a guy's guy. You know what yeah. I mean? He just really has yeah. that about him. He's just very, in, he's charming. Just like in New Kids on the Block, yeah, like I, I, any boy band, you that. need, like, you guys all yeah. bring something different and it's like, it must have been fun to get to the point in the show where like people are like having favorites or being like, I'm like team. this guy, right? Team, yeah. Was team. Like team. That's it. The, the the network started selling team shirts. Team Joe, Team Murray, Team Smart Sal, dude. Which is fun. And then people would put them up against. And you'd always hear the same thing. I love all of them, but Sal's my favorite. I love all of them, but Q's my favorite. You know, you'd hear that all the time. And I was the first one that actually had to quit my job. So I was all in. So that's what made me so heavy into the production and directing. I truly oh, wow. I took that over because it was my job. That was it. Sal was still bartending, and he owned a bar in Staten when Island. When the show was on? The show was on season one and two. Q was with Fireman, working overnights, and coming in. he would come right from a 24. What? And work. And then uh, and then uh, Murr was working for, as a, uh, in development for the production company that was producing the show. So he would be out there, like, pitching during the day, and then, or, you know, the next day he'd come. I had in. no idea Q was a fire. So he'd literally be putting out fires, out of fire or carrying somebody out, out of the house and they'd be like, And the next Q? day he'd be like, Zoinkers! And he'd like <laughs> run around. And he's like, this is your job now. We were also getting paid nothing. So it was like completely, right. they needed the jobs. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was I was resting on the Nordstrom, uh, you know, windfall that I had. I was, I was on those laurels. Yeah. I had that in the bank, a good $350. <laughs> I might discover credit card. Being like this better work. So. I was going to say, at what point, when you're doing the show like that, you're so, I mean, you guys are so excited, right? You can't believe that you're, because I know you guys have tried a handful of times too, yeah. right? Like prior to this. Yeah, three failed. So this. so, how does the <laughs> mentality change? Are you just less, not less invested, but just more, you got thicker skin to be like, all right, this is, or did you have a sense of like, all right, this version of what we're doing is when we, feels the strongest? When we, when, yeah, when we saw it, because when we saw it, like we're not actors. The first two, they were sketch shows. We have a very specific comedy when it comes to sketch comedy which is we think is very funny people like it or don't but we make each other laugh in a genuine way and remind people of their friendships you can't i mean that's the lightning in can't the bottle price right? on yeah, that so man. that's yeah. it so not being cast everybody just being funny friends you know and you hear all the time oh so i have a sal like i you know like that guy Bro, so yeah. just all connecting when we did the first season and they picked up before we even aired they picked up this back half we were like we got something here wow yeah so they picked up the back half before we even aired we had like three rough cuts in and they were like this thing's great uh that's so 
awesome. What what was that feeling like? Crazy. It was like this is working, but then you don't want to lose it, right? Right. Then we got to season two, and we're like, okay, now what? Like we did everything, right? Like we okay, now what do we do? So then we had to start reinventing what we do. And then we had to start thinking of new things. And we had to push the envelope with them too, the network a lot. It was like, we did this thing where I remember the first conversation I put in the show. It was about in the back, Murr asked Sal to borrow his chapstick. And Sal like freaked out at him. And they went into a back and forth. They weren't even paying attention to what happened on the floor. And I'm doing the rough cut. And I was like, put that in. I was like, put, that's hysterical. Put that in. They're fighting about the chapstick. Who cares what's happening on the floor? I don't give a shit. Put that in. They put it in. It's hysterical. The guy, the first notes come back. They're like, that's really, really funny, but we're not sure if that's the show. And I said, I got on the phone. I was like, it can be the show. It should be the show. Let's put that in. It's funnier than what happened on the floor. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the eight minutes we have for this challenge. This is the funniest two minutes. Wow. Put it in. Back and forth, back and forth. Okay, they see my point. We put it in from that moment. It was like, oh, th- we could do this. We could wow. show a little bit of the machine. Wow. So then we started doing the whole thing with interstitials. We'd be walking around and talking. And that's how people got to know what our personalities. Brilliant, and it was just like, dude. We did, we're like, we have to keep changing it and making it fresh. And then we found, like, in season three, it was like, let's do a challenge where it used to just be get the thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah. They're like, okay, what if you can't laugh? And that be- opened up a whole can of worms. All our challenges, the goal was you can't laugh. Yeah. So it was like all this stuff it just happened. And we always pushed ourselves in the beginning of seasons to think about stuff. Like yeah. That, you know, uh, before you would start almost like spring start. training before yeah. the season. Six you're weeks. Like, yeah. Six weeks in that room. Would you ever be in like text threads? Like that's to me seems like such a, a fun part of it too, where once you have this show that you guys have, um, have, have uh, sp- you're just so involved in to where you're out living your life and you get an idea, whether you jot it down or text the group being like, yo, this for next season. Yep. Hundred awesome. percent. Like if somebody says something, you're like, you know, like, oh my god, I, you know, I don't put me in a room with a bat. Oh my Is that god! Right production companies, let's get some bats. The uh, grocery store uh, stunts are some of my favorites. Playground, it's great. It's exactly, dude. Yeah. And you're just—it's also such a great. It, people are so vulnerable in the 100%. grocery store. No guard up. They're focused on what they're doing. Everything's so important. We had the simplest one, which was take something from somebody before they pick that one. So we're in the canned goods section, and somebody's like picking a soup, and like you just had to take it first and be like, people got lost their shit more than anything. And I was like, there's an- literally another one of the same product right next to it. It's just a sense of ownership. Whatever you mess with that, people would go nuts. People would go nuts. Bro, I would see the whole time at Albertsons. Yeah. And fucking, and fights over it. Isn't that so funny? The Great. exact same one, yeah. but you like, they had their hearts set on that. Or like, even if they hadn't touched it yet, Mm-mm. it was like, I you waited for the time, like, then you just grab it. But the, wor- the worst is the second one, right? The first one you get, they're like, all right. And then they go, you do it again. Now it's like, what are you doing? I had my eyes and on that. that. Like, I love Progresso. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? This is my, this is my chicken and wild rice. <laughs> I saw it first. Oh my God. Yeah. The, um, the, the one where you guys had to put, I think it was balloons, clip balloons on yeah, the people. That comes from Q. Q used to do that in the fire department to rookies. They used to do that as rookies were shopping for the thing. They have all that thing on. They can't feel it. They used to just see how many balloons they could get on a guy. So Q was like, I have this game we played, and we did it. Bro, that's one of my favorite ones of so all fun. time. So fun. So fun because so. the precision and, oh. and, again, the aloofness of every yeah. shopper yeah. and then how silly it looks yeah. to then have somebody walking around so and everyone else look at them. That, but then there's things, too, that happen. And a big thing of it was just to be able to – that improv came into play because you just know what to grab, yeah. right? So there was a thing where somebody got caught and then the guy – 
got caught and I saw it on his face and I was like, and I think it was me, I forget who was on the floor, but we saw this guy on his face and, and he wanted to play. I was like, make him play, make him. And this stranger who's just shopping for food started to play against Murray. And we made him play. It was, um, and he was like, put it on. He was high five. He was just a guy shit. out to suit. He had no idea what was happening. He had no idea it was a TV show. And he just jumped in and played. So that was like. That's an ex- that's, that's so a really fun. special element. That's so fun. When you see people like that, because then it's, then you just realize, wow, you're not only impacting the people at home watching, but you're like, yeah. you're getting strangers to kind of like, you know, step into their, um, you know, their, their kid self mm-hmm. and just be. I don't know. Like that's that's really uh, yeah. There's a there's a more poignant way to describe what I'm trying to say here. No, but just, just the like idea they, of they tap into a different part of themselves where it's not like oh I'm going through my grocery list now they're smiling and having a little fun with a know? stranger yeah. in a in a very public place yeah, is very is, human encounter encounter yeah, yeah dude yeah. intercounter we'll edit that out yeah um, no leave it it's intercounter i n t e r c o n c o u n t e r if you need shoelaces come see me at Nordstrom. <laughs> Are you a good speller? Did you ever, ever win the spelling bees? And no, math was my thing. It was. Yeah, I was a mathlete. Mathlete. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that's right. Ten yeah, times I the, ten. I was on the math team and the bowling team. I was a real catch back in the day. Oh my god! Yeah. Shout out to my boys on Strike Force. <laughs> Sal Bazaz. Had a hell of a spin. Sal Bazaz. Sal Bazaz. Yeah. Was his bowler name a real no, name? His real name was Bazaz. We called him Pizzazz Bazaz. Yeah. Can we call him? Yeah, I don't have his number. Um, he's a doctor now in Florida or something. Of course he is. Yeah, he's, he's great. Sal Bazaz Sal does whatever he wants. If your name's Sal Bazaz. He, whatever Sal Bazaz put his mind to. He was, puts in the universe. It's like the universe will go, here you go, Bazaz. Um, wait, so bowling and math. Yeah, bowling and math. Those are my things. Uh, Do you uh, bowl? Are you a bowler? Oh, yeah. Oh, we should go bowling. 1,000%. Oh, great. Oh, I was for the longest time trying to get um, uh, to do a, um, the way that they would do uh, you know they'd have those celebrity bowling tournaments, mm-hmm. but I um, was you know uh, I was not a celebrity. Was that <laughs> you're like? But I was not a celebrity. No, still not. But but five uh, uh, years ago when when um, uh, when I was trying to like really just kind of I guess get out of the pod, but take the I really like the this part of it, right? Yeah. The chatting, the interviewing, and when um, when I would do the podcast with Brad Williams, uh, and we would have sometimes multiple guests on, I got really comfy with this kind of like. You know, the moderate, just being at the forefront of like a handful of people. And I was like, oh, what could I? And then seeing shows like Chelsea Lately and whatever, I was like, what's a way to do like a hang? People are always looking for ways for, um, you know, you hear like execs being like, we just want to capture the comedians the way they are at the clubs, just hanging out, just sitting on the stairs, yeah, just yeah. hanging out. And it's like, they've Fly never. Fly on the wall. Never yeah. done it yeah, yeah. properly, I, uh, in my recollection. It's always just a little too produced, mm-hmm. a little in your, it's like, um, and so. And so I had the idea of like a, some sort of a hang, but the bowling basically being the backdrop for it, and that we would all um, hang out and uh, bowl. But then it would also be like an interview thing. So yeah. we're all we're all just um, shooting the shit and bowling, and uh, and this is probably why it didn't uh, happen. Um, That'd be great. So um, the show the show that did that for me pretty well was actually the only one I could think that would kind of work was Dinner for Five. Yes, Favreau did. It was that, yes. but so it, great. That I love that show. Yeah, it was basically exactly something like that, yeah. but having like an activity around bowling it. Bowling for six. Yeah. <laughs> write it down ah, there you go guys <laughs> like I know Chelsea Handler did a thing one time where she had all her buddies around and they just got real high and had dinner and even something like that seemed great yeah um, but uh, do you like doing all the press and interviews like for stand up or for when you guys would do the show like I bit- don't mind it I, I've I sort of got thrown into the machine pretty hard because they pushed us out a lot to do yeah. it. So I've been doing that for 10 years. In the beginning, I wasn't super comfortable. But doing it with the guys who was great because I would always find ways to bring up my dead parents. Yes. And they couldn't wait for that moment. 
and it was that was so, a running bit. It was a running bit, and when I and it would just turn and crumble. My favorite was we were doing it. It was our big. It was our two hundredth episode or something or something like that. And they were doing a Staten Island. They sent somebody in, and a woman's all about Staten Island. And she, we're sitting there, and she's like, "Tell me your favorite place in Staten Island." And so like Q goes first. She's like, "Oh, I love my pizzeria." And you know, he says and it goes to Sal, and then it goes to me. I said, "Let me tell you." <laughs> Every time I'm on the island, I make sure that I swing by Moravian Cemetery and I pop into mom and dad. I said, it's gorgeous. It's serene. I know my parents are at rest. And Sal just Lost crumbles. It. He oh crumbles. And God. she was like nervously laughing behind me. We sit staggered as four. And Murray is next to me and he's next. And he's like, yeah, Moravian's nice. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I, I don't mind the press. I like it. I the only thing that annoys me that annoyed me about the press, which we always ran into when we had to do press, was they're like, "It's like season eight. It's like so. Tell us for people who don't know what's your show about. Oh, it's like God. we're not going to answer that question. Come anymore. on, man. I mean, I, I mean, if they don't know, then why they listen to you? Like, like totally. Was, that was like the thing that would just get old quick because you were on the, like the you know the small network and trying to get the word. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. Like you're like, oh, I've done over three hundred episodes. Of this yeah, show. yeah, yeah. Come on. You guys don't would never plan out for that stuff, right? Just you're you're like let's just wing it. Yeah, that, that was where improv came in too. Yeah, you know we would find bits that did it. I actually did. We did a lot of fun stuff when we did Misery Index with Jamila Jamil too. Bro, I so, went to a taping that I had a uh, handful of buddies that worked on it. Oh, I cool. that show was fuck. So what fun. a brilliant! When Sal told me you guys were doing that, I was like, so fun. What a brilliant, easy uh, transition to to take you guys and everything that you do yep. and put it in a like game show format like yep. that. Yeah, um, it was the, great when we had the meeting with them. They were like the boys that made. I've, I've met with a bunch too. Um, ben and Dan, oh yeah, right? The best. Yeah, yeah. We we had a meeting with them. They the Newmark, what? yeah, the Newmark brothers. Yeah, yeah, the best. They were. Uh, I I can't wait to work with them again. I know I will. They were so fun to work with, and they were so like collaborative. Totally, and they're funny and great. Totally, totally and funny. just have good taste yeah. and sensibilities. Yeah, like and even like we, at, the, at the second season, I was like, they were like, you know, it was one of those conversations again. It's like, well, we're gonna do this. I was like, I'm just gonna try some. They're like. Okay, I was like, me and Ro me and Q have matching robes. We're just gonna come out. They're like, okay, and then it worked and it crushed. And they're like, all right, what else you got? Like it was like, and they were just wow. like super, like kind of like fun. And they were like, oh, what are we doing in this one? And then I had one where I was like, I'm gonna dress like Jamila. I'm gonna make Jamila play, and I'll be the host. <laughs> and they're like, what? And it was like that'd be great. And then they had to go through all like because it's a game show. Yeah, they had to look at all the stuff, and they like they had to make a fake deck for Jamila to look through because she can't know the gameplay if she's gonna play. So they make a fake deck. She rehearses a fake deck as the host oh the whole day. God. And then I come out dressed like her. She's like, what am I going to take your spot? She's like, but I know everything. I'm like, no, you don't. We faked you. And she's like, oh, and she played. And it was like one of the coolest things. That's amazing. Yeah, but they were great dudes. And when we were doing the press for that, yeah. it was fun to be with Jamila because then we were just like, we barely talked about the show. It was just like, what are we talking about? You know, just having fun. Yeah, she was a great host. Yeah. Um, any, any, of the, any of those interviews that you just get talking about not the show are always the best ones. Anytime, anything you're promoting anything and you're just being yourself and talking about they're like, oh, what is? It? And then they're like, what are these guys doing? And yeah. then it just says at the end, well, catch them on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you guys would bank a bunch of episodes in a day too. Yeah, was we that did multiple, taxing? Multiple challenges. In yeah, day. yeah, that was definitely, definitely rough. I remember the first season we filmed five challenges in one day at Stu Leonard's. Oh my god! Five challenges in one day. That was crazy. That was the most we ever did. I think. Um, okay, so we gotta wrap this up. Oh, sorry. Okay, bye. Thank you so much, Joe. Actually, I think we got time for two more, two more minutes, two more minutes. Yeah. Oh, wow, dude. And the award for best commitment to the bit that'll probably you, stay in the show. I thought you didn't. I thought you meant that. I thought that's how you say goodbye. <laughs> Thank God for that water. Love it. It's gotten a lot of use on today's episode. You almost died in Wyoming. Talk to me. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I almost died in Wyoming. I went up to the top of a, a mountain. I'm not very in shape. 
and I decided I was like, oh, everybody's telling me. I was like, this is I've never been to Wyoming. I've now performed live comedy in all 50 states. Wyoming was one of the last ones I hadn't been at. So I had the day. I was like, I got to see this state. It's unbelievable. It's gorgeous. I love that about you, too. Thanks. First of all, just like, first of all, just driving. I love also getting the car and driving from city to city to, yeah. it's amazing. The open road. And you see this, this you know, hill. Gorgeous And a, p- a potential, uh, you know, sightseeing, great, you know, selfie opportunities. I had a couple hours. Had yeah. a couple hours to kill. But then you got lost pretty quick. I got lost at the top of the mountain and I couldn't figure out how to get back down to my car. And I started hearing like bobcats. And I was like. What does a bobcat sound like? I was like, I'm going to eat you. <laughs> like, that's it. I, I'm. I'm I'm paraphrasing, but that's what it sounded like. And then a fucking thing came running out. A bunny came out. A bunny came flying across me. You, I but you're thinking Bobcat, thinking and you Bobcat. see bunny. I back, I backstep. I almost slide down the hill. I swear to God. And now I'm like, okay, I gotta get the fuck out of here. And now I see where my car is, but I don't know how I got up there. So I got turned far around. It's so far away. Because going up is way easier than going down. There's no real trails there. There's just all these mile markers that have numbers. It's like imagine when Grandpa Joe and Charlie got lost yeah. on the Wonka tour. 100%. How the fuck do we get back? That's it. I had no bubbles. I had no bubbles to float. <laughs> I had no bubbles to float up and get a bird's eye view. And no Grandpa no, Joe no Grandpa with Joe. any sort of travel I'm experience. Myself. I'm by yeah. myself. I don't have Uncle Traveling Matt. Oh. I'm out here with no postcards. Okay? I'm Fraggle rocking that shit trying to figure my way down. And I like see my car and it's far. And I'm like, oh. And then I just see this woman walking her dog and I'm like, how did she get there? So I saw backtracking how she got back. And you didn't ask her there. for help. You she just was too far away. Oh shit! So I could see her, but I didn't want to scream to a woman in the woods. Hey, yeah, that's... come help me real quick. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> it's not a good. It's not a good practice. Yeah, not in 2023. No, not for sure. You made it down though. I made it down. I'm back. So was there a true sense of like there was a moment where you're like, oh, I'm gonna fucking. There's been there's be been a couple times that I that I had done that. I did the same thing in Alaska. I've never been to Alaska in Anchorage. You gotta learn your lesson. I Joe. pulled over. Well, I, Alaska was first too. I shouldn't have done it in Wyoming. <laughs> but then I did a whole thing. Different temperature. Alaska was bad. Alaska was the closest I came to dying. I was walking up. There was, they said there's this trail that you gotta go check out. and It's on the road down from Anchorage. So I'm like, okay, I go check out this trail. And it's literally between two people's houses. <laughs> I know you're trying to wrap it up. Sorry. No, we're fine. No, no, we, we're good. I said that just like in like a 10, 15 minute wrap up. It's a long Alaska story. (laughs) So there I was, coming out of my mother's womb, remembering the lights hitting my eyes. So I go down, I go up this, uh, I have sneakers on, right? Because it's, it's, you know, it's not super cold there, but everything's frozen on the side. So I go up this trail and the trail just stops and there's a rope. And I'm like, oh, you just hold the rope to go, right? So I'm holding the rope and you're walking down the sliding trail and it's called, it's by the falls. And I'm looking down these, these falls and I'm like, okay. And then I go to take the rope and the rope snapped. So the rope stopped and now I don't have the rope to hold on to. I'm oh, like, okay, God. so now I just got to go. So now I'm just slowly going and I start doing a full skid, but I'm standing like doing a surf and I'm headed right to the edge. I'm literally headed to the edge. I'm like, well, I have to fall. I have to stop myself. I fall and I keep sliding and I literally grab roots and I grab. And Indiana I hold, Jones style. Indiana Jones did. And I hit it and I grab and I'm like there and now I'm full of mud. I'm covered in mud. I'm, my arm's bleeding and I'm like, I'm freaked out. I'm like, all right, I got to get down. I finally get my way down. And as I'm coming out, there's these three girls because it's like a tourist thing. It's of like course. these three girls and like runners like, hey, I'm like, you're going to die <laughs> up there, women. I'm like, it's, it's not safe. I know you have your Lululemons on, but this is not for you. You're not prepared. It's, you're not prepared. Jasmine, Celeste, go back. Get, get home. Get home. Go on the tour. Go see the goats. Oh, my God. It was insanity. Yeah, that was the closest I came to die. Holy shit. How often does that pop back into your brain as far as a like? That was pretty close, yeah. And then I, like, I literally was like thinking of my children. And then I was thinking, no one's going to find me. I'm like, that's it. Like, Holy as I was sliding, shit. it was so scary. Yeah. And what a weird, what a 
and nobody's nobody would know the story. What a not a good end to the story. Not a good no. Not a good. Well, no, nobody would know how you yeah, like, like perished. Oh, oh yeah, they'd be, they wouldn't know that you grabbed the thing, that no. you slid what was going through your head, that you. No, you just like this idiot fell off a cliff. What's he doing in Alaska? <laughs> this fat fuck. Go find a bakery. What are you doing out in the wilderness? Apparently, the last thing he said, he heard a moose, and he <laughs> said, he said the moose said, "I'm going to eat you." He thinks the moose was talking to him. <laughs> he thought it was a chocolate moose. The guy's gone. He's bonkers. I tell you. Um, do you have when you're on the road? Do you have like YouTube rabbit holes? Mm, not really YouTube rabbit holes. Why do you do you do that? Um, I, I, I was do, talking I about music. it. I phone the music a lot. Yeah, I was gonna I maybe ask like what's especially when when you're driving. Oh yeah, what is your like um not guilty pleasure but your go to you know me time activity? Uh, new Jack songs. Like yeah, Jack, like yeah, we listen to a lot of that. Jiggy yeah. drives me. You know Jiggy? Do you know Mark Jagarjian Jiggy? Sounds a, familiar. Yeah, he's a comedian here in New York. Okay, yeah. he, he does a he, he tours with me. Uh, he's great, and he's he finds like these super deep cuts. Like he he showed. We just listened to, and I had never heard it, the Jackson 5 Live, uh, the Jack- Michael Jackson Live. Whoa. Uh, it was unbelievable. He, it I was bet. when the Jackson 5 came out and they yeah. sang all together. It was one of the coolest things I'd ever heard. He's like, this is my favorite album. And I was like, I never even heard of this. It was so cool. So I, I find a lot of weird music on that. Yeah. Yeah. Road trip games? Do you guys do anything? Uh... Uh, yeah, we do a lot of the debating. That makes no sense. You know, How all so? the stuff about like... Uh, or here's a, here's a big what if that we do too. Like you know he he'll do like we'll, we'll do this back and forth. Like you know what if Oreos were filled with peanut butter? What would the world be like? Whoa, discuss. Like discuss. Wow. What, what would your child? What would childhood be different? Do you think more kids would like peanut butter? Or more kids would, be, would the allergies be as big? Like we talk about this whole thing about like just think about one simple thing. That you and know. would the commercials have featured? the interracial families 100%. because the whole black and white thing that Oreo definitely piggybacked on they, that. They the first commercial I saw was, I remember was like a black dad and a white kid. And he was like, I, we can eat Oreos together. Yep. And I was like, I don't yeah, isn't it. that assumed? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, I don't get it. Um, yeah. Like what if you drank, what if you uh, used orange juice instead of milk and cereal? Like think about what the world would be like. Oh man. Yeah, I, don't see? Know, I don't know if we'd be here. Yeah, I know. I know. Think about it. Like, you know, orange like if that, was the, if that was the normal. Me Right Jump now it does, but in in the multiverse you're like, give me that shit. They're give great. Me that milk you're like they're yeah. great. You're, they're oh, great. Oh god, Tropicana is on top of a mountain right now. Yeah, you know, we played this game uh, when I was with Sal, where we would uh, we'd give you the slow uh, the, the slow the product and have you or no give you the slogan and you had to guess what product it was for. Oh, that's fun. Um, and man, there were some. And then I think we did vice versa. Did you, were you guys able to use the phones to do deep cuts, or were you just going from memory? You had to go from memory. That's and great. then somebody would pull. Somebody was basically running the ship. That's great. And and remember, there was one. I think it was for Coca Cola, their original. And man, that stumped us. Really. And even to this day, Ella, do you mind looking it up? Actually, Coca Cola's original because Pepsi was next generation. Mm-hmm. Sprite. Was um, obey your thirst? Yeah, obey your thirst. Yeah, but Coke, we just got real stumped on, and then we, you know, Wanta Fanta. Yeah, Wanta Fanta. Yeah, great. Sal's another guy that's with the music is insanity, and he gets totally. mad at you, but he, he's he's very indignant about it. Like he's like a song will come on, and he's like, you don't know Johnny Johnny and the Rockets? <laughs> like yeah, the the the, 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 the doo hits yeah. from the nineteen fifty eight. They also sang Ch- Shangri La, uh, you know, Dreams. Yeah, yeah. What is it? Uh, Coca Cola, the soft drink. Yeah. But what is it? Oh, I don't know the slogan. Oh, the their, slogan. Their original slogan. Original slogan. Yeah. I thought you were literally asking me what is Coca-Cola. <laughs> He's like, I got that far. Thank you for thinking I'm a functioning idiot. Um, all right, we're going to, uh, as Elliot pulls this up, we're going to close this out with a uh, get-to-know uh, Joe Gatto inside the actor studio style. Oh, great. Um, R.I.P. James Lipton. Uh, and so he would close every show uh, with 10 questions to get to know his guests just a little bit better. 
and uh, and I'm going to play James Lipton, and you're going to be uh, Joe Gatto. Oh, good. Um, That's on brand for me. I told you I'm not an actor, so this will work great <laughs> if, I'm be, if I could be myself. <laughs> wait, wait, do we get it, though? I mean, uh, yeah, maybe even from the ni- I guess from the '90s is what I'm looking for. Just a, just a slogan. Yeah, we'll, we'll save that for the end. Really go out on a big bang here. Here you go. Um, we can also right. try to call Joey McIntyre again. <laughs> we'll call Jordan Knight. He'll pick up. All right, here we go. Hello, I'm James Lifton. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Joe Gatto. Joe, what is your favorite word? Innocuous. What does that mean? I don't know. Use it in a sense. This podcast has been innocuous. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, it was. What is your least favorite word? Negative. Yeah. Yeah, and these answers don't need to be funny. They can be true, as sad or as real as you want them to be. Okay, so... Th- negative. So break that down for me. Because negative of what it... What it... Um, Does to people's yeah. mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Even I mean, just saying the nothing, word... I think put getting people... Getting in your own way is, is the humankind's biggest downfall. You get stuck in your mind and you can't get out. So I think that's... When you're negative in thought, negative in motive... Uh, attitude's everything, attitude, right? Attitude's a lot of it. Yeah, attitude is a lot of it. Yeah, you're right. It's not everything. It's not everything. Yeah, it's not. I have you always been a pretty optimistic, positive guy, or did you have? Was yes. there a point where you had to kind of shift into like, hey, man? No, I think after losing my dad, I was like, you know, there's you could go one of two ways, right? I was 18, 19 years old, just nineteen years old, to go oh, one wow. of two ways. You could either be a story that people hear about, or you could be like, okay, life sucks. Let's go, let's live it to its fullest because you never know when life's gonna get turned out. So that's, I think I went that way with it, and I think that really pulled up my optimism wow my mom was pretty optimistic as well yeah so i think uh i think that that's part of it that's awesome what turns you on that my dad's dead <laughs> that's, uh, that's so, an odd sorry shit. i'm james lipton <laughs> what turns me on what turns you on uh dancing what yeah. kind of dancing uh the macarena which is odd <laughs> no no i like i like uh i like i like a dance floor i think dance floors could be very uh a, a very erotic. One thousand percent. This is so fun. I mean, the amount of grinding, dry humping that I've seen, been yeah. a part of. You're welcome. Been, been <laughs> it was good going out with you the other night, by the way. <laughs> Those moves were pretty. <laughs> Everybody was looking at me. Was like, dude, was that the top seller at HD Buttercup? Yeah, there he is. There He's he got is. some serious <laughs> moves. Wearing no, sweatpants at the club is a bold choice, a bold by the way. Bold choice. Bold choice. Hey, you know they were joggers. They were high end joggers. Okay. I wore tearaways just yeah. to kind of. No, I, I will say that I've always found that too. I always found it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's always been the common ground for people. I think you know, totally. A way to meet people. Another place where everyone just kind of like lets go. Yeah. Yeah. What turns you off? What turns me off? I think bad breath is a big <sighs> man. Thing. It's tough. Halitosis. It's tough. Talk, so I, I can mean, even do a body over it if you have to, but like a, a bad breath's rough. Yeah, I'll take a bad pit over a bad mouth. Hundred percent. Who said that? Coca Cola. <laughs> <laughs> Weird wow. slogan. Weird well, slogan. Weird slogan. Worked for some reason. I think the taste was already there, so they it's like whatever you know. Um, what is your favorite curse word? Mm. I mean, this the multi use of the word "fuck" is probably it's awesome. It's 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 hard to beat. Yeah, it's, it's celebratory. Yeah, it's um, demonstrative. Uh, I love a you know I love a fuck yeah. Me too. I mean, a fuck yeah attitude. Speaking of attitude is the way. Yeah. You know, right. You can't say fuck yeah and not have your day turned around. Right, and you can't have somebody come on board. Like, they know you're enthusiastic about it. Fuck yeah energy is the best energy to be around. Some would say that waking up and doing like a, uh, into a fuck yeah is probably the best way to start your day. Did you hear about that yell? The thing you're supposed to do in the morning when you wake up? No. Yeah, it sounds you, like a Tony Robbins when thing. When you wake up and you, you yell? 
you're supposed to yell Tony Robbins. <laughs> Tony Robbins. <laughs> no, you're supposed to like when you wake up and you yell. Get fifty to cents every time you do it, and wake your wake your energy up. Yeah, just yell. Just yell. Not anything specific. No, just yell like a like a a, a, a guttural yell. But you got to make sure it's not like a blood curdling. No, no, not no. It's supposed yeah. to just be like a deep. Like, you don't want to get the neighbors everything. to come over and check on you. Yeah, like, sorry, just my my morning routine. My morning routine. 6 a.m. Yeah. You're mixing it up. I heard you screaming Tony Robbins all last month. <laughs> you know, hey, give it a fresh. <laughs> uh, what is your, what is, what sound or noise do you love? What sound? Sound or noise do you love? Clapping. What sound or noise do you hate? Snapping. <sighs> like, like my aunt Shirley used to do that no. to waiters. It's worst. In her late never, 90s, I'll give her a little to, pass, but... Okay, still though. Still. Oh, I was like, Shirley, this yeah. is why we don't... I don't, I don't like that. Well, there's no reason ever to snap. Instead of it's snapping, especially if it's in replace of clapping. 100%. Oh, that is just odd. In my fraternity in college, guys would do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I fucking never. Oh, I'm big. I hated that. You guys know who you are, by the way, the snappers? Yeah. Name them. Go ahead. Okay. Dave Benson, Dave Rath. No. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Architecture. What profession would you not like to do? I don't think I could be a. I don't think I could be a doctor. Mm. I don't think I could report that you're going to die to people and yeah. not make it, not try to make it light. Although I do see you being in a position where it's like you're just maybe a pediatrician, <laughs> but then there's an opening for like yeah. you know the uh, plastic surgeon, and you're like, <laughs> Dude, yeah, actually, I do this too. Yeah, I do. And they're like, really? Yeah. I don't Spe- sell my resume. Sure, there. But I was a personal shopper at HD Buttercup. Speaking about fuck yeah, when they told us that my father's tumor was malignant I thought that was the good one and I said fuck yeah and everybody looked at me I swear to god true story I went fuck yeah and everybody looked at me and I went oh, you did it that, that enthusiastically that enthusiastic. and everyone was like that's the bad one my sister was like that's the bad one I was like oh shit and I started crying what an emotional roller coaster <laughs> what the worst great scene in a show oh, or a movie great. so great oh my god I, I thought malignant was one. the good one too it might be malignant, malignant or no benign is benign. the good one benign's a good one Right? See? You even now. You had fucking energy. I did. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a true story. Was the doctor just like... He's like, this kid's dark. What are you doing? He's like, what the fuck did this father do to this kid? Call me call child services. <laughs> All right. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God when you arrive at the pearly gates? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Joe Gatto, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, Thank you so you're much, a fucking brother. legend. You crushed it. You're the best. Um, go see Joe on tour. Please. Joe Gatto official.com. I love that. Yeah. Uh, you're on. You're on a uh, massive tour. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's great. It's and great. you love it, and the fans love it, and I can't wait to uh, to be in a city where I can pop through. I would love you and too. surprise you and have the crowd go who. Ah, and uh, I I, uh, I can't wait. We probably have to link up sometime, right? I think so. Yeah. I'm on the road a lot. We'll we'll figure that out for sure. Um, uh, two cool moms podcast. Yes, for sure. Steve Burn and Joe, check it out. Mm-hmm. And on Instagram at Joe underscore underscore Gatto. That's right. Same on Twitter. Same on Twitter, but that doesn't matter. Instagram's where it's Instagram's at. Instagram's where it's at. Do you TikTok at all? I do TikTok very well. I do t- and the links in the bio there. Just you can find do you it love there. it. You're I'm clip- bigger on the TikTok. Yeah, I got like seven point five there. Holy yeah. shit! The dance moves they come in. They come in handy, brother. TikTok is kind of like when I talk to people that come to shows. None of they're like I saw you from TikTok. Yeah, Graham might just be for fit models and i think they all have their purpose yeah but i i think i what do you find yourself on more Graham instagram TikTok. yeah I, I need to get more on tiktok i go live I, on tiktok more than i do live on instagram whoa yeah i go tiktok live. yeah you love the lives i love lives i love people giving a peek behind the curtain 
hello, knock, knock, who's there? Come on in. Are you reading the comments? Are you like... Uh, I, I fire off sometimes. Yeah. I get in there. But sometimes I just do it. I do this thing where I try to brighten people's day where I have a, a joke book and I just read a joke. Amazing. And I'm like, you're having a bad day? Come on, sit with me. Let's talk. And those have the purpose. You strike me as a great dad joke. I know you got two kids. Mm -hmm. Four and two, right? Uh, no. That was years ago. Seven and five. <laughs> yeah, but you were right. At one point, they were four and two. <laughs> That's what, If you let me finish my sentence, <laughs> no, I was going right, to say... But now they are. Yeah. Uh, are you, you make them laugh a lot, I'm sure. Yeah, You're a goofy, silly-ass dad. 100%. Probably dad of the year every day. I try. Give me some dad jokes that you're using currently that are crushing. My son is loving the moo as a punchline with any cow joke. So he's now he's making them up on his own. It's like, what did the horse say to the cow? Move over. And then he'd be like, what did the chicken say to the cow? I'm like, what? Move out of the way. Like, he'll just run down the thing and I have to act surprised all the time. But At a so certain funny. point, he's going to be like, what did the bear say to the meerkat? It's malignant. Yes. And you're going to be like, what? Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night.